Welcome to Today on Broadway for Thursday, February 8th, 2024. I'm Broadway Radio's Matt Tamanini. And I'm Tell Me on a Sunday podcast, Grace Aki. Grace, we are heading into the end of this week and coming on Saturday, I will be flying to New York City and I'm going to be here for what's what used to be my normal length of time, but uh, a little bit longer than I've been staying lately. I'm seeing a whole bunch of shows, some of which I'm still moving around, but that does mean that when I am in New York, I will be doing hopefully daily travel logs and you can hear all of those exclusively on our Patreon over at patreon.com slash broaderradio, broaderradio.com slash Patreon at the mezzanine tier and above. Right now, these are the things I know I'm seeing. Job, Our Class, Days of Wine and Roses, Glory Days, The Connector, Russian Troll Farm, A Sign of the Times, Jonah, Oh Mary, The Life and Slimes of Mark Summers, and I've got a few other things that I'm working in there that I'm waiting to get confirmed and I have to move around. So should be fun. A lot of off-Broadway stuff. As of now, only Days of Wine and Roses on Broadway, but some very fun things off-Broadway too. So if you want to hear all about that, head over to Patreon. All right, Grace, yesterday wasn't a big news day, but we did get some stuff that had more or less just been assumed, and I honestly would have been fairly surprised if this hadn't been the case. But yesterday, the upcoming Broadway production of Alicia Keys' Hell's Kitchen did announce its principal cast, and that principal cast is the exact same principal cast that happened at the Public Theater last year and into the beginning of this year. That means that Shoshana Bean will play Jersey, Brandon Victor Dixon will play Davis, Keisha Lewis will play Miss Liza Jane, Chris Lee will play Nuck, and in her Broadway debut, Malia Joy Moon will play Allie. This is also Chris Lee's Broadway debut, although he had done the tour of Hamilton as well. The rest of the cast, including featured performers and ensemble, will be announced as we get closer to the first rehearsal, which should be coming up at the end of this month because previews begin on March 28th at the Schubert Theater ahead of an April 20th opening night. Again, as a reminder, obviously features... Many of the songs that you know from Alicia Keys' songbook, as well as at least off-Broadway, I don't know if she's written anything new for Broadway, four original songs. The book is by Christopher Diaz. It is choreographed by Camille A. Brown and directed by Michael Greif. Grace, I don't know if there's anything necessarily surprising to say uh, uh, about this, but the reviews weren't great for this show off-Broadway, but I still feel like the talent that is at the core of this show, both on stage and off even though it's a short turnaround, certainly could make for something very interesting and very exciting when it comes to Broadway, given the opportunity to learn the lessons that, you know, were were made evident at the public theater. Yeah, I think that um, I, I miss kind of that off-Broadway to Broadway. I didn't get to work on Kimberly Akimbo, so I didn't have that experience of going from Atlantic to Broadway. I'm interested to learn you know, how that happens, you know, even on Ain't No Mo, for example, like that was at the public, but then there was a long period of time because of COVID and everything that before it transferred to Broadway. And of course, the same thing for Fat Ham. Um, I'm really excited to see what happens with that. And I know that this cast is really tight. So it's, it's nice to see everybody back together again. Yeah. So I'm, I'm still excited. I did not care for the show very much when I saw it at the public, but uh, I'm optimistic that there will be Significant changes made so that this can be something worthy of everybody involved when it comes to Broadway. Now, heading over to London, we already got a sizable portion of the principal cast for the upcoming stage adaptation of the movie Burlesque. 
We already know that Jess Foley, who is co-writing some of the new material for the show, she's going to be playing Allie, the Christina Aguilera role. And then George McGuire, Billy Kay, B. Terry, Jess Qualter, and others are, are part of the cast that has already been announced. But yesterday, along with Jess Foley, who is writing some of the new material, one of her collaborators writing new material for the show has joined the cast as well, and that is stage, screen, and social media star Todrick Hall. He will play the role of Sean, which was originated in the film by Stanley Tucci. Now, I think for a lot of people, they know Todrick Hall from like YouTube and, and social media and all of those things, but he has a legit Broadway pedigree from even before he became social media famous, even before he was on American Idol. He had been in the original production of The Color Purple. He was in Memphis since... He kind of became famous in other areas. He has been on Broadway in Chicago and Waitress and in Kinky Boots. So while this is kind of a circuitous route for him to be a part of the cast of this production, although it could have been part of the plan all along, he certainly comes with a lot of theatrical credentials that makes this casting just kind of make sense. So we're starting to figure out who more of the people in this show will be. I'm still not 100% sold as to whether or not this company will be the same or how much of this company will be the same when it eventually comes to New York, if it eventually comes to New York. But having someone like Todd Recall associated with it makes me think that if it does come to New York, that at least he, as one of the creators of the show or one of the, the writers of the show, will be attached when it moves back stateside. Yeah, I'm interested too. I know that he's been a part of the production's creation for a while. And I'm curious about the, because I don't know if this is in there or not, or if I just heard this around um, the show's setting, changing from New York to LA or from LA to New York. I'm not quite sure um, if it's giving like the Rodeo Drive of it all. So who knows? But I think that uh, it, it, it certainly would be interesting. And I, I would not be surprised if they did an LA or Vegas run ahead of possibly a New York Okay, interesting. Um, as I scroll down in the press release, it says the new musical Follies follows Allie, which is the role that Follies playing, who heads to the bright lights of New York in search of her long lost mother and finds herself drawn into an underground world where the beat of the music and the heat of the dance moves will change her life forever. So I don't know where the, the original film was set. Yeah, I think it's set in L.A. It is. So they are moving it to New York. So that's right. interesting. I did there not I did not track that. I've never seen the movie. So that's really interesting. So cool. Good note there, Grace. All right, let's take a pause real quick from our news and talk about our sponsor for this week, Factor. This sounds like I am just blowing smoke because they are a sponsor, but it is 100% the truth. I could not be happier to have added Factor into my life as anybody who unfortunately follows me on social media knows fitness and working out is a big part of my life. Going to the gym is something that I do five, six days a week and adding in the nutrition factor to taking care of my body as I get older is not something that I've always done a super great job with. But with Factor, I'm able to do it in a way that does not feel like a drag. They offer 35 different meals every week to choose from, and they come in different categories. So if you know the type of diet you are trying to stick to, it really helps. And they are all dietitian approved and chef crafted. So not only do I know that they are healthy, but they are also legitimately delicious. So everything about Factor has been a plus and an additive thing to my life and my health. So thanks Factor for sponsoring the show and getting me hooked on your delicious product. 
Yeah, I'm obsessed too. Like the fact that I can make two minute meals is crazy. As soon as I got my first factor box, I agree with you, Matt. We were both kind of like, you know, who knows? I ate all, I was gonna share these with my partner, I didn't. I actually ate all of them because they were so delicious. I am addicted to the turkey chili, like I have to have that again. But everything was super balanced and that's the thing is like I have to have really quick on the go meal opportunities that don't cost me a fortune. And the fact that like this is less expensive than having a meal out, absolutely. Especially in New York City when I'm having to order takeout and go out to all these dinners and drinks and things like that. Like it's so imperative that I'm able to eat a quick, fast, healthy meal that also doesn't cost me an arm because what are we doing? We're spending that on tickets, right? So I think this is absolutely the way to go. Yes, exactly. So head to factormeals.com slash Broadway 50 and use code Broadway 50 to get 50% off your first box and two free wellness shots per box while your subscription is active. So again, that's code Broadway 50 at factormeals.com slash Broadway 50 to get 50% off your first box and two free wellness shots per box while your subscription is active. All right, Grace, as I mentioned at the top of the show, one of the things that I am going to see when I'm in New York City, I'm going to see with you, and that is the new Jason Robert Brown musical, The Connector. It officially opened on Tuesday night at MCC. And as I mentioned on yesterday's show, it did announce an extension, but it was the final extension. So it must close on March 17th. The show features a book by Jonathan Mark Sherman and is directed by Daisy Prince, who also kind of came up with the idea for the show. In the cast, there are some incredible folks, including Scott Bakula, Max Crum, Hannah Cruz, Danielle Lee Greaves, Melinda Hall, Daniel Jenkins, Jessica Malaski, Fergie Philippe, Alicia Roman, Ashley Perez Flanagan, Ben Levi Ross, Ann Sanders, Michael Winther, and more. The show, as I said, opened on Tuesday night, and we have some reviews here. I'm going to run through them fairly quickly. If you would like to read more of these reviews and others, you can check out the link in the show notes. Jesse Green of the New York Times was mixed, saying, quote, the animating idea of the show is also a problem because aside from Jason Robert Brown's typically propulsive songs, which excite even the most absurd moments of Jonathan Mark Sherman's book, the engine of the story set in the 1990s depends on uncertainty about Ethan's veracity. That's a non-starter. So this is a show about journalists in the 1990s and kind of dealing with some of the um, differences in the media landscape as it was started to change from what it had been in the previous generation to more of what we know about it today, which can, you know, sometimes highlight things that aren't exactly true. So uh, that's a very important point to make there from Jesse Green. Matt Winman of AM New York was positive, saying, quote, For the most part, I found The Connector, which runs just under two hours without intermission, to be engrossing, particularly during explosive production numbers in which the protagonist narrates his stories, conjuring colorful and offbeat characters played by Max Crum and Fergie Philippe, and Sharp with ominous warnings about how the internet and corporate overlords would remake journalism. The performances and the production values with Brown himself on piano and conducting the band are all first rate. Um, David Cody, writing for The Observer, however, was negative, saying, quote, Following a book that lurches from satire to workplace drama, Brown's score surfs various idioms, none of which really stick. There are stretches of 90s power pop, reminiscent of Jonathan Larson, bossa nova, Hamilton-style hip-hop, and an overblown sequence set in Israel, or which Ethan claims happens in Israel, where Kleismer rock gives way to a Bo Diddley beat. 
Brown is too strong a composer not to produce intriguing melodies and colorful orchestration and arrangements, but few songs emerge from dimensional people with conflicts we can care about. It's mostly abstract notions of language, truth, and sexist power struggles. Having contributed major works such as Parade and the Bridges of Madison County, plus the beloved two-hander the last five years, Brown deserves a better foundation for his talents. Grace, what I think is most interesting about this, and there were other positive reviews, Juan A. Ramirez for Theater Lee, Adam Feldman of Time Out in New York, he gave the show four out of five stars. So there are certainly people out there who liked it more than some of these other ones. But I wanted to highlight a positive, a mixed, and a negative, because the social media reaction to the show has almost been uniformly positive. And to me, I take away from that, that as a theater goer, you have to find people that you tend to see eye to eye with. And if you are going to listen to reviews at all, listen to them. You don't have to listen to just Jesse Green or whoever writes for the New York Times because it's the gray lady or the paper of record. Find somebody that you normally jive with and listen to them. And that doesn't have to be like a professional critic. That can be a social media influencer. It can be a friend. It can be anybody. I I just think that the disparity in these reviews, especially compared to the word of mouth from people that I trust, was something to note. And I'm looking forward to making up my own mind because I would not miss this show as a, even though it's weird for me to ever say this, a professional journalist and a Jason Robert Brown fan. Like I was going to see it anyway, but I did think the disparity between the reviews and what I'd heard from other people was noteworthy. Yeah, I kind of, I, I, I fully agree with you. Like you and I both had talked extensively about the social media uh, reception. The social media sentiment for the show was overwhelmingly positive from my standpoint. It might be my algorithm. I'm not immune to, you know, I I don't follow probably the demographic of dude um, that the reviewers are primarily, but I think that it's just worth noting that like, this is a very exciting time. I know that every theatery person primarily is excited about a new Jason Robert Brown feature. And I think that we need to find ways to connect <laughs> audiences to, to, you know, new works and, and find the things that people like about it. You know, it's, and, and the things that they're like, you know what, this was, this was troublesome or whatever to me, but I, I like this. Or there are, there are a couple of content creators uh, specifically like on TikTok as well that say like, this wasn't for me, but if you like blank, blank and blank, this is a perfect show for you. And they really highlight. And I think that that's the type of thing that I'm hoping that we can shift towards. I think that did they like it does a good job of trying to, you know, mm-hmm. um, weed through the noise. But um, I'm also wondering if there are other opportunities in terms of review adjacent works that people can follow. Yeah, it's been a number of years since I've been a regular reviewer of either theater or TV and film. But throughout my journey as a critic, and then as somebody who is just a journalist covering pop culture and entertainment beyond, like I've moved away from actually caring about the academic reviews, I will leave those for other people. If that's important to you. Awesome. I love that. Like I, I, I don't have a problem with that. But they're not for me. What I want to know is, is like, Am I going to like this? Is this something that is going to appeal to me and I'm going to be moved either by the performances or by the emotions? Uh, I don't need to be to have it broken down and like tell me about like the intertwining themes and the the music composition and all of those things. I just want to know if it's good. I want to know if me with my own you know personal opinions and perspectives am going to enjoy what I see. And to me, that is not necessarily listening to every critic. It is finding people, like I said before, that I know have similar tastes to me. And that doesn't mean our tastes are correct. It doesn't mean our our tastes are the only ones that matter. In fact, I would say that that's the whole point is that nobody has an opinion that is the only one that matters. So I, I agree. Like I, I think that the more democratization of 
theater criticism and, and not even criticism, but theater opinions and reviews is very important. You have to do kind of weed through a little bit more content and commentary than you might have to in the pre-social media era. But I think this is all good as long as you're able to identify the people that you tend to see eye to eye with. And, and hopefully you do. And hopefully we can provide some of that for you here on Broadway Radio. We don't do a ton of reviews here on Today on Broadway, but obviously Peter and Michael and Jan and everybody on This Week on Broadway do a lot more. But when we do talk about things that we like or dislike, we, we hope that that gives you a little bit of insight into how you will react to those things as well. All right, Grace, real quick, I'm going to wrap up with one little bit of news. A new play is coming off Broadway. It is called Scarlet Dreams, and it will premiere later this spring at the Greenwich House Theater. It'll begin performances on April 3rd. This is a new play by S. Asher Gelman, and it will center on two siblings, Milo and Liza, who have created a fitness app for a virtual reality headset. When Milo's husband, Kevin, falls in love with his virtual trainer, Scarlet, the dividing lines between the digital world and reality come into question. Playing the sister Liza will be Brittany Belazir. Playing her brother Milo will be Boris Anthony York. Also in the cast will be Andrew Keenan Bolger as Milo's husband, Kevin, and Caroline Lelouch as Scarlet. Grace, I'm assuming you've seen the movie Her. Oh, of course I have. Okay, so immediately... Like, that's what I thought of. That's a Joaquin Phoenix movie where he kind of falls in love with his AI Siri. And even though she did not originally voice it, it was redubbed for Scarlett Johansson to play the voice of the of the algorithm thing. And that's immediately what I thought of was like the character here is named Scarlett. It is very similar to that. So I immediately made those connections. It's a great movie. If you haven't seen it, check it out. The ensemble in that film is tremendous. So highly recommend that one. All right, Grace, you referenced Kimberly Akimbo earlier, and that is going to be my feel-good recommendation for today. The best musical Tony winner from a couple seasons ago appeared on the Kelly Clarkson show and performed the first act finale this time. I'm really interested in the fact that this show is getting ready to close in just a couple months and it is still out there really pushing the promotional aspects and the marketing and doing these performances on television. And I love that Kelly Clarkson is welcoming Broadway stuff onto her show. That is... Um, uh, very, very cool. And I, I that's one of the obvious benefits of her moving her show to New York. So check that out in the show notes and check out uh, Kimberly Akimbo at the Booth Theater through April 28th. All right, everybody, that's all that we have for today. Thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Broadway Radio. And you can follow me on Instagram at BWB. Matt Grace, where can people find you? You can find me at It's Grace Aki. All right, everybody, have a wonderful Thursday and we'll be back to talk to you tomorrow.